Hello, everybody, and welcome to Soccer 101. My name is Taylor Rockwell. We are recording this in November of 2023, which means winter is coming. And if you want to attend a soccer game and stay warm, then today's episode is for you. We're talking about scarves. Graham Ruthven, it's a topic that no matter how hard you try to hype it up, the hype is not fully there when it comes to scarves. Well, it is for me because I'm wearing one right now. Winter is not just coming. It is here in Scotland. I have to say, maybe in this pillow fort, it might get a little warm with my scarf on today. Uh, But yeah, I'm I'm wearing it for this episode. You are indeed. Uh, The vacuum is going just outside the door. So apologies for that if that gets picked up on the mic. What uh, scarf are you wearing, my friend? So this is a Sterling Albion scarf. Specifically, it is uh, Sterling Albion Tartan. So that is what is on this scarf. Very subtle. It's not got Sterling Albion written on it or anything. Just SAFC. I'm showing Taylor on the camera right now. I realize this is a podcast and listeners cannot see this, but you're just going to have to take my word for it. It says SAFC there. And it's probably, I think, my favorite scarf. And since listeners can't see this, it's really weird. Graham is wearing the scarf and nothing else, which is an an interesting (laughs) approach to podcasting. I mean, I guess you got to do what you got to do, Graham. Well, yeah, that's that's the traditional Scottish way to wear a scarf. Did they not include that bit in Braveheart? That must have been in the director's cut. (laughs) They they put them as kilts instead of scarves. Ah, That would make more sense and make as much sense as them wearing scarves for that time period. Let's not talk about Braveheart. Let's keep talking about scarves. Graham, you have obviously the ultimate uh, kit collection when it comes to the Total Soccer Show and maybe everyone on the planet. Do you have standards for scarves? Do you have an equally extensive scarf collection? No, I don't. No, I think I I was trying to think earlier today how many scarves that I have. There's probably some like stuffed away in a cupboard somewhere or certainly I I bet there's maybe like 10 at my parents' house and they're in their attic that I've I've yet to kind of carry over into my own house. But in my office I counted 6 scarves. So I've got a couple Sterling Albion ones. I've got a Real Madrid one that I got when I went to the Classico. Taylor, you'll like this. I've got a, I'd completely forgotten about this. I've got an anti-glazers uh, scarf from when I went to Old Trafford, and that was green at the height gold. of those. Yeah, green and gold. Um, alternatively, maybe I picked that up as a, I picked that up at a Norwich game, but I'm pretty sure that I got that at, uh, <laughs> at Old Trafford. And there's one other that I've forgotten about. Oh, Newcastle. I've got a Newcastle scarf from, from when I went to uh, St. James's Park. But yeah, I don't really have, I don't really have the same extent. Uh, of uh, scarfs in my collection that I do kits. You've got me wondering now with with the Norwich reference, if you didn't get any branding on it, if you didn't get any language on it, if you just got a scarf that was the colors of the club, you could have that do double duty, right? Like if you got a red and white scarf, you're probably well well covered. If you got a claret and blue scarf, you can attend multiple clubs and look like a fan as opposed to a person who's just trying to keep their neck warm. Yeah, well, funny story. This is completely true. I was at Old Trafford and I can't really remember who they were playing with. So I've got a friend who's a Manchester United fan and I was down with him. And um, they were, it might have been Liverpool. Maybe it was Liverpool, but it was a long time ago. And I had the, the green and gold scarf in my hand. And one of the rival fans like walked past me and said something like, oh, Norwich fans are here. And I was like, I don't even support Manchester United, dude. Like, I'm just here jumping on a bandwagon. It's a good bandwagon to jump on. And I think wearing of scarves is a good bandwagon for all sports. I think every sport should embrace it because it allows you to rep your club, rep the team that you support, but maybe not have to spend the hundred and some pounds on, on a jersey or a kit and Maybe not have to wear a, a kit in the first place if that's not something you want to go with. And to my understanding, Graham, that is where like the wearing of scarves originated, not the wearing of scarves on the whole, because I'm guessing that's from like, you know, the year 900 or something. But in terms of <laughs> football scarves, soccer scarves, it comes from people wanting to support their clubs, but maybe not yeah. wanting to wear a jersey and maybe not having jerseys available in that time period. 
Yeah, so let's do the the quick potted history of of, of scarfs in in soccer. So as with a lot of things in in soccer history, the exact origin of scarfs as as a thing in the sport is, is a little bit hazy. There are different theories and explanations, but... The National Football Museum in England says that they can be traced back to the 1930s. Um, so before scarves, the most common form of, um, I don't know what you'd call them, tokens, I guess, that fans would take to matches were rosettes and rattles. Um, what a quaint time that was. And so in the and UK, for those of us who don't know what that is called or what that yeah, is. So a, so a rosette, in the UK, a rosette is something that's associated with like politicians campaigning for elections. So they're, so, they're almost like... Um, like ornamental like flowers is kind of how they look mm. and you pin them to your chest um and they are very much like a political thing in the uk so the thought of fans wearing them to matches i presume they were in the colors of the clubs that they uh they supported that that's a very that's a bizarre thought to me and then a rattle is uh i mean that's the noise it makes it's a rattly noise but it's, you'll maybe seen them in old timey like the english game on netflix mm-hmm. um fans kind of turn them like swirl them round like twirl them round in their hand and it makes a it makes a noise it is a terrible noise you thought vuvuzelas sounded bad try a crowd of 50,000 fans with rattles and you'll long for the 2010 world cup so that was that was what fans did before uh, scarves but basically as you referenced taylor fans wanted a way to show their colors at, at matches because back in those days you couldn't buy a replica shirt and so over time people started knitting their their team's colors into hats and scarves which they would they would wear in cold weather um, and that is how it started and, and and scarves were particularly popular because a lot of fans back then would wear i was reading they would wear like big dark coats to matches and so up and up and around your neck was the only place that you you could kind of show any uh, team colors um so yeah that's the history of 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 scarves and soccer and and during the second world war i was reading obviously there wasn't much soccer played during the second world war in, in in europe um but they kind of disappeared after the war, scarves, because wool, as they were made of at the time, was considered a luxury in Europe. And um, so there wasn't much wool to, 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 to come by. But by the time you get to the 1970s and you have the explosion of fan culture around that time, then scarves become increasingly popular among, fan, among fans again. I didn't know about the scarcity. That's really fascinating. And I really, I really love a scarf. I think it's one of my favorite aspects of football, fandom, supporter culture. Because I do like that you can wear it with the big heavy coat, uh, but still rep your team, support your team. Uh, I liked in Turkey when we were there, they would sell scarves and they would sell little like woven uh, ropes, basically, with your team's color that you could wear right. as like a headband. That was one way to go. It didn't oh, quite cool. do the scarf job. But yeah, exactly. It's just, and I like the hat as well, the knit cap, that it's a way to wear a, I'm going to assume in the 50s and 60s and 70s, a black gray or brown winter coat uh but then still have the scarf to have that little pop of color but also show your your support but we've seen it evolve right it's moved from just the colors or just like a a couple colors to different patterns i have an eintracht frankfurt scarf that has the skyline because i guess frankfurt is the only city in continental europe that has a skyline that's what they claim uh big if true big if true i would say but like (laughs) they have their skyline on it you have Lots of different designs, and it has become this thing where you can probably find, like for Man United, you could probably find a hundred different scarves on sale, not even including half and halves, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, there are all kinds of of different scarves, and it's one of my favorite things about going to a game is, um, so we should probably talk about where you can actually buy a scarf, because obviously you can can buy them 
online and if you're a fan that that lives a long way from what your club is maybe that is your only option but in my experience you'll most commonly be able to buy a scarf on your way to the match so subscribers to the the tss plus patreon might have seen in my my match day videos particularly the the scotland ones Um, but it was the same for when i went to goodison park last week there are vendors outside the stadium who sell loads of different scarves and and this is this is just my personal opinion i understand that maybe some fans won't be able to get to matches but if i was buying a scarf i would always try and give one of these kind of unofficial vendors my business um it's maybe a different type of economy to the official shirt um market because i think there's a certain charm to unofficial scarves and flags and and pin badges and that sort of thing i think they are an important part of fan culture Mm -hmm. and if you look at the history of scarves in soccer they're not really something that the clubs officially pushed it was something that came from local merchants and towns that would make scarves and sell them to fans so i like that element of fan culture i like the fans themselves having ownership over that and if you see those stalls i mean if i think of those games that i've been to at hamden park recently you will see um you know scarves that just say scotland but there'll there'll be other scarves that have like words of the john mcginn song on there or there'll be ones that are just like stripes or different colors like the one that i've got doesn't have any writing on it or there will be player scarves which i've never actually seen anyone buy a player scarf like at scotland games you'll get mcginn and lyndon dykes and scott mctominay like the fans favorites you'll see them with like their face i think you have to be like a super fan of an individual player. Like, I love John McGinn uh, and evidently Scott McTominay. I seem to be spending my time on the internet these days arguing with Manchester United fans about Scott McTominay, but I've never felt compelled to buy a scarf with a single player's face on it. Not yet, anyway. No. Yeah, as I... Uh, near the age of 40, it becomes harder and harder for me to want a jersey with like a 19-year-old's name on the back of it. It just feels a little bit weird. Simultaneously... I have three jerseys that were given to me that have my name on the back, and that feels even worse. So I do feel like the scarf (laughs) is the the, way to go. I just don't need a player scarf or my name on the scarf, certainly. Yeah, 100% agree on the scarf. The thing that's maybe a little bit different with the shirt is I think it's okay if you've been gifted the shirt. So the Timbers gifted me a shirt with my name on the back, and I will wear that occasionally because I can be like, I didn't buy it for myself. Someone else gave it to me. (laughs) But yeah, I agree. Name on the back of your shirt. It was cool as a kid, but maybe as a fully grown adult, maybe not. So I think a player scarf as well, that feels... Like it's going to be a problem really quickly, especially if that player moves on or has, it falls out of the way. But also it's just like, I don't know. At that point, you, you really are like you may as well just put Ronaldo as your avatar and then we kind of know where you stand. It's that sort of level of dedication to one yeah. particular player versus the club and their colors. I, I can get behind uh, for sure. Graham, the controversial one becomes, for some reason, mm. the half and half scarf. Let's talk about Indeed. that for a second, because that seems to be one that... I think most people I know don't really mind, and yet it seems to be the most reviled concept amongst like hard, hardcore football fans or football hipsters or uh, let's just call them Graham Ruffins, shall we? <laughs> so I'm only offended by the half and half scarf, the, the dreaded half and half scarf at like derbies or big rivalry. Wait, why matches. is it dreaded though? Why dreaded? Well, just because so many people find it offensive. So whenever I whenever I, I pass them on the street, I always know, oh, See? there's a half and half scarf. Oh, there we go. So, but, but what is that? Like, sincerely, like for, for the uninitiated, for the uninformed, I include myself in that. W- what is it that is so offensive? Okay. What is it that is an immediate like, Ugh, no, thank you? 
So I think the reason they're they're so offensive to to some people is they cater to the tourists, right? So it's going against the grain. Remember that thing I, I that I was talking about of fan of of scarves being like a symbol of fan culture. Yeah. They are a, they're a symbol of something organic, right? So if it was a half and half, I don't know. I'm not sure what the club sells, like half and half hot dog that the club sells within the stadium. That would be less <laughs> offensive because you're like, well, this is this is purely a commercial endeavor, right, to make money of okay. these fans. Whereas a scarf feels like as I say something a bit more organic it goes against the grain of that that fan culture that led to scarfs creation in the first place and um, and half and half scarfs are not a symbol of anything they're a symbol of how you don't really have a connection to either team and 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 I have been a tourist right I've been to games as as, as a tourist I went to an Everton match last week purely as a tourist not a fan of either team and um, so I, I I understand why some fans would want to buy it as a souvenir but I also do okay. understand why a why match-going regular fans kind of look down their nose at them? So it it would be okay. Let's say let's say somebody is going uh, an American uh, United or City supporter has got tickets to the Derby, the Manchester Derby. So they're going for that one, and they are. Well, I'll make them a City supporter for purposes of this one because, of course, they would be if they're wearing a half and half scarf. Um, if they were <laughs> to want to commemorate the event, but then also support City, would the advice be you buy the half and half scarf as a souvenir? to keep for yourself and then you buy a city scarf and then you wear the city scarf like i get the idea of bringing it home and it's a memory of the game you went to the specific moment uh in time but at the same time if you're then repping it during the game then i get where it would be a little bit easier to make fun of and easier to just immediately spot them as a tourist yeah absolutely it totally marks you as as a tourist in the game first of all you you, people are free to do whatever they want so i'm not going to dictate to someone what they should do do during a game but yes they shouldn't buy a half and half (laughs) scarf and wear it if they are a city fan to a manchester derby and if they do that well you know that's that's on you um but yes I, i think that would be a sensible solution would be to maybe just keep it in your bag until you're home and then then display it alternatively do what you want how, how many do you think you own if you were scarves guessing? yeah or half and half scarves the half and half scarves count <laughs> as zero now i want to know okay <laughs> i have one yeah, half and half I, scarf that was given to me as a gift there you go oh here we go it's all coming out um <laughs> i think i have maybe in total not a huge number of scarves like 15 um okay. i think over the course of my football supporting do you, career do you have a do you have preferences or standards for what you want in a scarf because i have i think i have more scarves than i do jerseys uh a lot of which were given to me or gifts and and sent to me and and very 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 thoughtfully sent to me Um, but there are ones that i'm less inclined to wear than others so um obviously to actually wear a scarf i would need to be a fan of a team i'm not just walking around glasgow in my green and gold manchester United anti-glazers uh scarf or my newcastle scarf certainly not my newcastle scarf anymore um but i think generally i would gravitate towards i always like the classic looking scarves that maybe don't have text on them that don't have certainly don't have a player's face on them or even a badge so the one i'm wearing right now as you can see taylor is just like plain kind of tartan colors and sterling albion uh, red and black and white i also like and this is this is something that is maybe a little bit more common in american soccer actually and that's something to mention is even though the origins of of, of scarves and soccer are very much a, a a british and english a european thing i think we're now at a point where we can say that scarves are as big a part of american soccer culture as anywhere yeah. in the world they have been really adopted by 
MLS fans and Rough fans of all kind of for all yeah, your scarf exactly. needs. There we go. And um, and 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 so some of my favourite scarves are related to like supporters groups. So I found in 1996 a. Uh, 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 the Screaming Eagles, which I believe is a DC United fans mm. group, they sold a bunch of scarves ahead of the inaugural MLS season. You see them with like the Timbers Army, they hold them up ahead of games. I think Sounders fans maybe do that, the, the same thing. And you see them with like, what's the Sounders one? Like Emerald City, I think, mm. is the supporters group for the Sounders. Emerald City Supporters Club. Yeah, so. I like those scarves. And I think if, 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 the, it's not so much of a thing in British football, but if there was like a Sterling Albion supporters group scarf, I would certainly rep that. Do you care? Like, like, I think, uh, I have a Portland Timbers slash Thorns one, so it's one on one side, one on the other. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I think Even that's okay. okay. All right. Yeah, that's there we okay. go. See, Graham's okay with half and halves. You heard it here first. Um, do you have any that are your favorites that stand out in your collection? Just this one that I'm wearing. Honestly, I wear this to most Sterling Albion games. Although I never, I never double up. Right, so this might shock listeners. I never wear shirts to games. I never wear football shirts to games. I normally am in like a jacket or something. What, why uh, is that? I don't. Well, first of all, the weather. <laughs> it's the, it's the, like mm-hmm. I would rather the just have a scarf, like, yeah. warm clothes on, and then and much like uh, the 1930s English gentleman who uh, <laughs> came up with the idea of of a scarf for for a soccer token. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't double up. So normally. I'll have a, a Sterling Albion hat or a Sterling Albion scarf, but I never wear both at the same time just because it feels a little bit too much. Um, so I'll have the scarf on, I'll have the hat on, and I kind of alternate between the, the two. But yeah, I'd have to go with the, the Sterling Albion scarf that, that, that I'm wearing. Although, I, you know, I do like the... I do like the green and gold one. I, I think um, you know by now, Taylor. I'm not the biggest fan, even as a non-Manchester United supporter. I'm not the biggest fan of the Glazers or just generally billionaires taking football clubs for a ride. So yeah, I quite like the Glazers one. How bummed would you, would you be if the Glazers did end up selling Manchester United, but then bought Sterling Albion? <laughs> I mean, first of all, that seems unlikely, given what we know about the Glazers and the A fact bit. that they only want to own football clubs to make money. Um, Sterling Albion make no money, so I'm not sure that would be the wisest business decision from them. But yes, I would, I would be pretty gutted. But at least I'd already Fine. have the scarf, right? I, yeah. You know, I'd, I'd save you some money there. Um, in terms of my favorite ones... I, I was trying to run down my list pretty quickly. Most of them are sentimental. So like my very first Galatasaray game I went to in 2005, I bought a scarf then uh, that I still have. And uh, an interesting little thing, or at least I think it's interesting. It's probably not that interesting. Uh, you can always tell if a scarf has been worn. Like if people have the wall of scarves and they all hang perfectly straight, they've never been worn. But this one, I think because of the number of times I've worn it and tied it, it has a distinct like curve to it now that you can't really get out of it. So there's your indicator of how many times it's been worn. And that Galatasaray one is very much yeah. like a C at this point instead of a straight line. Um, my wife and I went to a, a Turkey game, a, a Turkey national team game while we were there. So I have a scarf from that one. I have a Besiktas one from the game we went to there. Uh, and then when Galatasaray won the title the last year that we were there, uh, uh, we left a, a pub the night they won, and there was like riotous celebrations everywhere. And there was a group like marching down the street, and they were singing one of like the five Turkish football songs I knew. So I started singing along, and they got very, 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 very excited. And one of the guys took his scarf off and put it around my neck and tied it. it was like for you, for you, for you. Like yeah, look it up later, fun. look it up later. Uh, and when I looked it up later, it was the uh, communist supporters of Galatasaray, and it has uh, Hakan Shuker, who, who I guess was like a. 
uh, a man of the people and remains a man of the people on one side and Che Guevara on the other. Uh, so it was it was an interesting scarf, and it's one of my favorite ones because it's a pretty unique one. I don't think I've seen a ton of communist supporters of a football club putting out product. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's less ideal if you get a scarf though from some opposition yeah. fan. You get home translated some sort of neo-Nazi message. Like yeah. that's not what mm-hmm. that's not what you want. You're taking a chance when you're wearing a scarf with a message that you don't know what it means in a foreign country. I do. Uh, yeah, I had that at like a, a, a Galatasaray game I went to when I was. I think it was like they were playing in Ankara, and the Ankara team was mad because their team had been signing like too many foreign players for their mind and they weren't developing local players and they had this chant that like they were like everyone sing it sing it and so i started <laughs> like singing it with them and i was like what are we saying And they're like uh foreigners out and i was like oh, oh okay. i'm singing that <laughs> cool 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 i belong and that was my lesson to not chant in a foreign language anymore yeah uh, yeah lesson learned on that one yeah and maybe like don't take one from lazio for example uh, that, that oh, could yeah. go poorly yeah. depending on what's written on it yeah, maybe don't take the, the Lazio uh, scarf home. Um, just in terms of like where you might see scarves. Mm-hmm. So obviously you see them at you see them at matches. But one of my favorite things you mentioned, like in Turkey, seeing scarves in was it a bar you were talking mm-hmm. about there? Yeah. Um, that's one of my favorite things is is, is seeing scarves in in, in, in a bar. Um, maybe a little bit more common in in Europe, but Legends Bar in New York City. I've been there, Football Factory, downstairs. One of my favorite things about that place is all the scarves on the wall and all the football memorabilia. So anywhere where there's like public congregation around soccer, there's a good chance that you will see you'll see scarves somewhere on the wall. Barber shops as well, like hmm. over here in Scotland. Anyway, you'll find football scarves on the wall. The one I go to has like a couple from Greece. The, and the owner is a Dundee United fan, so there's a Dundee United scarf on the wall as well. So yeah, any anywhere there's kind of like a public congregation and maybe some conversation around soccer, there will likely be some scarfage. Serious question. If you walked in, not you, but uh, if a person walked into a barbershop in Glasgow wearing a Rangers scarf and the barber had a Celtic scarf on the wall, would you still get your hair cut there? <laughs> yeah you would but you also get your ear cut as See, well. that, that, that was my next question is would you get a straight razor shave in that situation <laughs> or would you maybe just stick to to i guess clippers clippers feel like they could do the least damage yeah i feel like you'd be okay but you'd get some ribbing and and yeah maybe you wouldn't get the best of yeah. of, of of haircuts yeah. yeah i think that was my experience in turkey is like if i walked into a place where they had like fenner scarves on the wall i might I might maybe say something, but oftentimes I think I would just be like, Fetter, they're good. <laughs> and like, I'm not trying to get stabbed while in a barber chair. So, uh, yeah, I would, I would say, so avoid getting stabbed, uh, avoid scarves in foreign languages if you're not entirely sure what the message might be, uh, and avoid half and half scarves. Any other, any other points from you, Graham? Yeah, avoid the wool scarfs from the 1930s. We've moved beyond wool. The wool scarfs up yeah. and around your neck with a dark coat is that's not going to make for a fun afternoon. No. It, so yeah, stay away from the original wool ones. To your point about American fans, uh, I'm sure this exists elsewhere, but it, it is interesting to me how many supporters groups in like like southern hotter climates, uh, Atlanta, Orlando in particular, I think of, they've gone for the very thin like silk scarves instead right. or like silkier scarves just as a maybe you don't want a double knit wool when it's 102 degrees out and yeah. humid uh so i do think embracing maybe different styles and textures isn't the worst idea yeah. if you're gonna have that sort of climate 
the the march to the match in Orlando while wearing a wool scarf. You'll be like <laughs> heat stroke inside kilos, of twenty feet. Yeah, a few kilos lighter by the time you get to the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm glad that we've uh, gone over the history, the do's and don'ts, and how not to get heat stroke while wearing a scarf. Graham Ruffin, uh, <laughs> thank you for covering all those many topics with me today. Thank you, Taylor Rockwell. Uh, listeners, thanks so much for listening. As always, uh, if you know someone who would like to hear about the history of scarves in soccer uh, or any of the other explainers that we have done on uh, various 101 topics, then please point them in our direction. We greatly appreciate it, and we will talk to you next week.